to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hello, this is Zara. Happy New Year. I hope you all have had a good winter break. The News Kids are all very excited to be back after our winter holidays. This week, we'll be starting with one of the biggest news stories recently, Novak Djokovic being forced to leave Australia. We will also be updating you on the pandemic generally and talking about the story dominating UK headlines, Boris Johnson's gatherings during lockdown. Finally, we'll be covering the use of trained dogs to sniff out COVID cases in schools and the terrible disaster in Tonga. Hello, this is Isa. If, like me, you love tennis, you may have heard of all the problems that tennis world number one Novak Djokovic has recently had in Australia. Earlier this week, it was confirmed that Novak Djokovic will not play in the Australian Open tennis tournament as the Australian government had made the decision to deport him. Being deported means being forced to leave the country. So, why was the tennis world number one not being allowed to remain in Australia and participate in the Australian Open. Well, it is all linked to the pandemic. Originally, as he had not been vaccinated against COVID but had previously suffered from COVID, Djokovic was given special permission to enter Australia. This led to a lot of public anger in Australia as they felt that he was being given special treatment because of his status as a tennis star. More than 90% of Australia's adults are fully vaccinated, but some people are not allowed to travel outside of Australia or between states due to coronavirus restrictions. Australian Border Force detained Djokovic when he entered Australia on the 5th of January for not meeting federal coronavirus requirements and his visa was revoked and Djokovic was held at a hotel while his lawyers appealed the case. A judge then overturned the decision finding that he was not treated fairly during the process. Then evidence emerged including photos of Djokovic attending events in Serbia after he had tested positive for COVID-19, which could have broken rules in that country. And photos also showed that he was in Spain before coming to Australia, even though he had said on his immigration form that he had not travelled anywhere in the 14 days before he arrived in Australia. So the government stepped in again and the Australian Immigration Minister, the person in charge of deciding who can come back and go out of the country, revoked his visa again on health and good order grounds, arguing that Djokovic's presence risked increasing the anti-vaccine sentiment. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison welcomes the decision to keep our borders strong and to keep Australians safe. So Djokovic is not participating in the Australian Open and could now face being banned from the country for three years, although the Prime Minister said that he could be allowed back sooner under the right circumstances. Novak Djokovic said that he was disappointed but accepted the ruling. Hello, this is Zara, bringing you an update on the pandemic and British politics. Since our last podcast, around the middle of December last year, news emerged of a new coronavirus variant, known as the Omicron variant. 
New variants of the coronavirus are not yet unusual as the virus is constantly changing and adapting to its new surroundings. So lots of new strains have been discovered since the start of the pandemic. The new variant was first detected in South Africa and lots of governments immediately moved to ban flights from South Africa. Although South African scientists said that the new variant was a lot milder than those which drove previous waves of the pandemic. It has, however, led to a high rise in infections to unprecedented levels in many parts of the world. And recently, some European nations have been seen to record new case numbers. Earlier this week, the head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros, issued a warning to world leaders that the coronavirus pandemic is nowhere near over. Dr. Tedros told reports during a news conference earlier this week that Omicron variant had led to 18 million new infections across the world over the past week. He said that he remained particularly concerned about many countries that have low vaccination rates as people are many times more at risk of severe illness and death if they are unvaccinated. We have felt the increase in cases here in Dubai too and it has resulted in lots of new restrictions being introduced at school too, such as no sports lessons, no matches against other schools, no assemblies and no school trips. I do hope case numbers start falling again so that we can all live a little more normally and a little like we were before the holidays. The other story that has been dominating the news has been the parties that took place at the home of the British Prime Minister in May 2020, as a result of which the British Prime Minister has been fighting for his job over the last few days, as he faces calls to resign from opposition politicians and and also a revolt by some members of his own Conservative Party. There have been reports that Downing Street staff held two parties the night before the funeral of the Queen's husband, Prince Philip, and at a time when coronavirus restrictions banned indoor mixing. The Prime Minister was not at either of these parties, which are said to have been taking place on the 16th of April 2021. And his office has since apologised to Buckingham Palace for these staff parties with the Prime Minister's spokesman saying that it was deeply regrettable that this took place at a time of national mourning. The Prime Minister has, however, admitted to going to a party in the garden of Downing Street in May 2020 during the first lockdown. That event was described as socially distanced drinks in an email invitation that was sent to around 100 staff members. At the time, the rules in England meant that people were not allowed to have parties and could only meet outside with one other person who they didn't live with. A photo from May 2020 showed the Prime Minister and his staff with bottles of wine and a cheese board in the Downing Street garden. When asked about it, Mr Johnson said that it showed people at work talking about work. Earlier this week, the Prime Minister offered a heartfelt apology, but said that he believed it was a work event. He said that he went into the garden of Downing Street thanks staff before going back into his office 25 minutes later and so technically within the rules, but he said that he should have realised how it would look to the public. There have been lots of calls for Boris Johnson to resign as a result of these parties. So Keir Starmer, the opposition Labour Party leader, said that the Prime Minister's explanation was disrespectful to the British people. Boris Johnson has said that he will not resign. An investigation is currently taking place into what happened. Hi, 
Miss Laurie here. I was really interested to hear this week that some schools in America have started using dogs to help look for coronavirus. Apparently, dogs have incredible sense of smell, which is far more developed than human smell. And experts have found dogs can help identify many illnesses and diseases. Some studies have also shown that in some cases, trained dogs can detect coronavirus more quickly than COVID tests. BBC Newsline reported this week that the sniffer dogs are being used in five schools across the state of Massachusetts in America. The dogs are called Hunter and Juk and are two young Labradors that have been trained to recognise the smell someone infected with COVID-19 gives off. The dogs walk around empty classrooms, corridors and cafeteria after the children have left the room. If they detect the presence of coronavirus, they will stop, sit down and put their paw up on the desk or chair they think has a smell. Children and staff identified are then tested to confirm if they have the virus and follow the school's COVID-19 procedures. When the dogs aren't working, they can meet and play with the pupils, which the younger children really enjoy, according to the manager of the schools concerned. In the UK, experts are also looking at the possibility of using dogs in schools, airports and train stations according to Professor James Logan at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. He told BBC Newsland that specially trained dogs are still going through trials before they will be ready to start sniffing out COVID at places like airports. Hi, it's Rose here. This week, bringing you a dramatic story from Tonga, a small island nation in the Pacific Ocean. Last Saturday, an underwater volcano near the island of Tonga erupted, thought to be the biggest recorded eruption anywhere on the planet in more than 30 years, according to experts. Tonga is a Polynesian country of more than 170 South Pacific Islands and home to about 100,000 people. It's a remote archipelago that lies about 800 kilometres east of Fiji and a little over 2,000 kilometres from New Zealand. Dramatic images from space captured the volcano in real time as a huge plume of ash, gas and steam was spewed up to 20 kilometres into the atmosphere and sending tsunami waves crashing across the Pacific. The eruption and subsequent tsunami caused significant damage along the western coast of the main island of Tongatapu, the New Zealand High Commission in Nuku'alofa said Monday. A giant volcanic ash cloud blanketed Tonga over the weekend, turning the afternoon sky dark and coating Nukualofa in a thick foam of volcanic dust on Saturday. Save the children said drinking water supplies could be contaminated by the ash and smoke and the immediate concern in Tonga is for air and water safety. Rescue efforts are being severely hampered by lack of communication from Tonga's outer islands, where little or nothing is known about damage or potential casualties as vital communication cables were damaged by the eruption. 
At least three people, including a British national who lived in Nukaialofa, are known to have been killed in Tonga following the eruption and tsunami. Australia and New Zealand have each pledged $1 million in initial aid to Tonga. New Zealand has dispatched two naval ships carrying water and other aid supplies, while China and Taiwan have also offered to provide assistance if needed. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.